You are eating. Eat. Non verbally. Someone asked Bokuju. Bokuju was a great Zen master. What's your path? What's your way? So Bokuju said, My path is very simple. When I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm sleepy, I sleep. And this is all. The man was bewildered. He said, What are you saying? I also eat and I also sleep. And everyone is doing the same. So, what is in that that you call it a path? Bokuju said, When you are eating, you are doing many things, not only eating. And when you are sleeping, you are doing everything else except sleeping. But when I eat, I simply eat. When I sleep, I simply sleep. Every act is total. Every act becomes total if you are non verbal. So try to eat without any verbalization in the mind, with no thinking in the mind. Just eat, and then eating becomes meditation. Because if you are non verbal, you will become a witness. If you are verbal, you will become a thinker. Hmm. Which means the activity of your mind is dominant. If you are verbal, you will become a thinker. If you are non verbal, You cannot do anything about it. You cannot help it. You will be a witness automatically. So try to do anything non verbally. Walk, eat, take a bath, or just sit silently. Then just sit. Then be a sitting. Don't think. Then, even just sitting can become a meditation. Just walking can become meditation. Someone else asked Bokuju, Give me more technique of meditation. Bokuju said, I can give you a technique, but you will not be able to meditate. Because you can practice a technique with a verbalization. Barbarizing mind. Your fingers can move on a rosary and you can go on thinking. If your fingers just move on the rosary with no thinking, it becomes a, it becomes a meditation. Then, really, no technique is needed. The whole of life is a technique. So Bokuju said, It would be better if you can be with me and watch me. Don't ask for a method. Just watch me and you will come to know. The poor fellow watched for seven days. He began to be more confused. 
After seven days, he said, when I came, I was less confused. Now, I'm more confused. I have watched you for seven days continuously. What is there to be watched? Bokuju said, then you have not watched. When I walk, have you seen? I simply walk. When you bring tea in the morning for me, have you watched? I simply take the tea and drink it. Just drinking. There is no bokuju. Just drinking. No bokuju. Just drinking of the tea. Have you watched? If you have watched, then you must have felt that. Bokuju is no more. This is a subtle point. Because if the thinker is there, then there is ego. Then you are a Bokuju or somebody else. But if your only action is there, but if only action is there with no verbalization, verbalization, no thinking, there is no ego. So Bokuju says, Have you really watched? Then there was no Bokuju. Just drinking of the tea, walking in the garden, digging a hole in the earth. Buddha, because of this, has said there is no soul. Because you have not watched, you go on continuously thinking that you have a soul. You are not. If you are a witness, then you are not. The I forms itself through thoughts. So one thing more. Accumulated thoughts pile up memories, create the feeling of ego that you are. Try this experiment. Cut your whole past away from you. No memory. You don't know who your net. You don't know who your parents are. You don't know to whom you belong, to which country, to which religion, to which race. You don't know where you were educated, whether you were educated or not. Just cut the whole past and remember who you are. You cannot remember who you are. You are, obviously. You are. But who you, who are you? In this moment, you cannot feel an I. The ego is just accumulated past. The ego is your thought. Condensed, crystallized. So Bokuju says, If you have watched me, I was not. There was drinking of the tea, but no drinker. Walking was there in the garden, but no walker. Action was there, but no actor. Hmm. In witnessing, there is no sense of I.
in thinking there is. So if the so-called thinkers are so deeply rooted in their egos, it is not just a coincidence. Artists, thinkers, philosophers, literary persons, if they are so egoistic, it is not just a coincidence. The more thoughts you have, the greater the ego you have. In witnessing, there is no ego, but this comes only if you can transcend language. Hmm. In witnessing, there is no ego, but this comes only if you can transcend language. Language is the barrier. Language is needed to communicate with others. It is not needed to communicate with oneself. It's a useful instrument, rather the most useful instrument. The man could create a society, a world, only because of language. But because of language, man has forgotten himself. Language is our world. If for a single moment man forgets his language, then what remains? Culture, society, Hinduism, Christianity, communism, what remains? Nothing remains. If only language is taken out of existence, the whole humanity with its culture, civilization, science, religion, philosophy disappears. Language is a communication with others. It is the only communication. It is useful, but it is dangerous. And whenever some instrument is useful, it is in the same proportion dangerous also. The danger is this, that the more mind moves into language, the farther away it goes from the center. So one needs a subtle balance and a subtle mastery subtle mastery to be capable of moving into language and also capable of leaving language, of moving out of language. Hmm. Witnessing means moving out of language. Verbalization, mind. Witnessing means moving out of language, verbalization, mind. Witnessing means a state of no mind, no thinking. So try it. It is a long effort. And nothing is predictable. But try. And the effort will give you some moments when suddenly language disappears. And then a new dimension opens. 
You become aware of a different world, the world of simultaneously. The world of here and now, the world of no mind, the world of reality. Language must evaporate. So try to do ordinary acts, bodily movements without language. Buddha used this technique to watch the breath. He would say to his disciples, Go on watching your breath. Don't do anything. Just watch the breath coming in, the breath going out, the breath coming in, the breath going out. It is not to be said like this, it is to be felt. The breath, breath coming in with no words, feel the breath coming in, move with the breath. Let your consciousness go deep with the breath, then let it move out. Go on moving with your breath. Be alert. Buddha is reported to have said, Don't miss even a single breath. If a single breath is missed psychologically, you will be dead. Physiologically, if a single breath is missed, Physiologically, you will be dead, and if your single breath is missed in awareness, you will be missing the center, you will be dead inside. So, Buddha said, Breath is essential for the life of the body, and awareness of the breath is essential for the life of the inner center. And awareness of the breath is essential for the life of the inner center. Breathe, be aware. And if you are trying to be aware of your breathing, breathing, you cannot think. Breathe, be aware. And if you are trying to be aware of your breathing, you cannot think. Because the mind cannot do two things simultaneously thinking and witnessing. The very phenomenon of witnessing is absolutely diametrically opposite to thinking. So you cannot do both. Just as you cannot be both alive and dead, as you cannot be both asleep and awake, you cannot be both thinking and witnessing. Witnessing, witness anything, and thinking will stop. Thinking comes in, and witnessing. Disappears. Witnessing is a passive awareness with no action inside. Awareness itself is not an action. Okay. This is it. Awareness itself is not an action.